0: So anyway, I want to start a series today called No Fear November. Um, and I was thinking about like we're only I think it's seven or eight weeks away from Christmas. Not very long. And that's a very interesting time of the year because for some people it's like, oh my god, I can't wait, and for other people it puts the fear of God in them. And it causes all kinds of stresses and strains and hassles. Um and November is kind of like that weird month in between Halloween and Christmas. And I came across this idea that, you know what, one of the things that really gets um, to me and to so many people I know is fear. And then I came, I came, I'd love to tell you I made that up, but I came across that phrase, no fear November, I thought, That's a great phrase. Why don't we make November the month where we tackle fear and do away with it? Because it's a lie. The song we played at the beginning of the thing is fear is a liar. And fear will rob us of the destiny that we've got, of the future that we've got, of the peace that we could have in the present. It will just rob us, rob us, rob us of everything. It'll rob us of our health, even our physical health. Because you know when you get really afraid and your stomach is sick and you have all of that stuff and you're rattling and you're shaking and you're nervous and all of that stuff. And it stops us living. And that's not the way God wants us to be. Jesus said he came to give us life in abundance. And the way I figure out abundance isn't that I'm scared to death to do anything. Abundance has to be a bit better than just living some scared, timid life that I'm afraid to step out or I'm afraid to talk or I'm afraid to do this or do that or do the other. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that people are afraid of. We have loads of different things we're afraid of. Some people are afraid of heights. I'm not great on ladders. I don't like looking over the edge of big buildings and things like that because there's something in me thinking I'm going to push myself over, never mind anyone else pushing me. Um, do, do you know what I'm saying? I remember we were in the cliffs some more years ago before they put all the barriers up and you could literally walk over to the edge. And we had the kids and they were small and I was nervous enough with them, but then they wanted to walk to the edge. From about 10 foot down, we got on our hands and knees and crawled because <laughs> I was thinking, I'm not standing on the edge of that thing. I'll go over. Um, but so everyone that I know has some kind of fear. Some people don't like conflict. They don't like that idea of being uncomfortable in a situation and they get all full of fear. People don't like talking in public. Actually, in most of the surveys done over the last 20, 30 years, speaking in public has been the number one fear. Death and being alone have only come four and five. So people are more afraid of getting up and talking in public than they are dying. So there's all different things that stop us. But all of those fears, some people are afraid of spiders. We had a friend, actually, I walked to him for years, Paul was his name, he was terrified of spiders. She was grand, the missus, she'd kill him, he was terrified. Of him. He sat in a bath one night for an hour and a half, freezing, waiting on his wife to come home to get a spider off the wall because he wouldn't get out of the bath. <laughs> That's a true story, I'm not making that up. He was like petrified, he was frozen in fear when he saw this thing. And the reality of it is that this is something that's close to God's heart because it's not the way he wants us to live. And there's a scripture. Show us the next slide there, Tony. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I have read things that says there's 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. I challenge you to go and find them. I have not yet found them. There is a lots and lots and lots, but you be stretching the imagination to think there's one for every day of the year. But you know what? There's enough in there to know that God wanted us to know we shouldn't be afraid. There's enough in there to know that God wanted us to live in a world that didn't have fear, that didn't consume us, Because fear is a common human experience. We all have it. I said that earlier. We all experience it in some way or other. But here's the interesting thing. God, as God, never experienced fear. I'm sure somehow we say he's all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present and all of that stuff. But as God, he was never afraid. He would have known possibly what fear was. He put it into us in some way. Fear is not a bad thing because it can kick us into action and it can keep us safe from things. Having a fear of jumping off the top of a, a skyscraper is probably a good thing. Seriously. Sergey was up fixing the, the bell tower during the summer and I was afraid, looking at him. My neighbor was terrified looking at him because she knocked into me and said, Brian, do you know he's up on that roof? But he wasn't afraid. He was up there having a ball. <laughs> um, so, so fear. But if I'd have been up there, I was afraid because I know if I'd have been up there, I'd have been getting dizzy and I'd have been thinking I was going to fall. So I was transferring my fear onto his situation. But fear is there. But God has never experienced fear. Just think about that for a minute. God of the universe, He created the ma- the earth, the heavens. He created man create everything that we see but he hadn't experienced fear until Jesus and as a human being God came in the incarnation and I was born of a virgin as we talk about Christmas time and lived a life as a human being fully human, fully God but he experienced fear And the first 30 years of Jesus' life is a mystery. We don't really know what happened. We have some stuff in the beginning of it, but most of his teenager years and 20s, we don't know anything about. But we do know, because it's recorded, where Jesus experienced extreme fear and stress. And it's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if we read from Matthew 26, (coughs) it says that then Jesus with his disciples... He went with his disciples, sorry, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little forward, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, as you will, and if you read that story in in Luke, in Luke twenty two, it says that he sweated drops of blood. And I remember reading that many years ago, thinking that's probably Pentecostal. Do you know the way we just say Pentecostals? We exaggerate things. Do you know what I mean? We're in the meeting with twenty people, and forty got saved. Do you know that kind of thing? like Jesus was sweating bloods. We used to say sweating bricks, but. The reality of it is, it's actually a physical phenomenon that can happen. And there's a name for it, I'm not going to tell you, I can renounce it, but it's called hematridosis. H-E-M-A-T-R-I-D-R-O-S-I-S, you can look it up yourself. And what happens is, when you're under extreme pressure, and your body goes into fight or flight, there is capillary blood vessels in your sweat glands, and they burst. So you can actually sweat blood if you're in that much fear or that much stress. And Jesus was in that much stress in this situation that he was sweating blood. And he was in stress because he was in fear, because he knew what was ahead of him. The next day, he was going to be tortured. The next day, he was going to be crucified. I go to the dentist, and I'm like terrified. Actually, I was at the dentist this week. <laughs> terrified. Terrified. Who got the text message saying pray for me? I'm going to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> terror. Didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> properly. Huh? Because of the terror of just going to the dentist. So just for a minute, imagine if you actually knew that the next day someone was going to take you and do all the things that they did to Jesus. And you're sitting there knowing this is going to happen. Like I've had to go and face people and have conversations with people and I haven't slept properly the night before because I'm afraid of how that conversation is going to go. And my stomach's been in bits and my heart's been pounding and my head's hopping and all of them things that go. But Jesus knew that he was going to be tortured and killed. And I, I know I've said that three times but I want you to care how afraid he must have been. So there is no fear that I can ever experience That he doesn't know what it's like. See, because I can't really relate to God with my fear. I'm being honest with you, because I'm thinking, you don't know what fear is. You've never been afraid. What's there to be afraid of? You're God. Scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So if he's for us and no one else can be against us, who can be against him? There's nothing for him to be afraid of. He made everything. That's like me saying, I'm terrified of an ant. I can squish it in a second. But he came as a human being and he experienced fear, just like you experience it and I experience it. So he does know what it's like. So I can go now and go, I am terrified, God. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going to happen next. And Scripture says that Jesus is there interceding for us. And that he's there telling the Father to send the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to send angels to strengthen us. And they may come in the form of people. You may get an encouraging phone call or a text message or someone may just go into the situation with you and support you in it. But God understands your fear. Jesus understands your fear. Psychology today have a a definition of fear that says that it's an anxious feeling caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. (coughs) And the bit I want to zone in on that for a minute is it's the imagined event or experience. How many times have we imagined something to be scarier than it actually turned out to be? many times have we imagined something to be so scary that we didn't do it because it was so scary we do it all the time we stop ourselves stepping into situations or stepping into experiences because we imagine it's going to be bad we imagine it's going to turn out terrible we imagine that that person's going to say this and they'll hate me and this will happen and he'll hit me or she'll hit me or whatever or I'd be broke or I'd be homeless or, your, our imagination just runs away and the trouble is we run with it and we let the fear stop us stepping into things stop us being all that we can be take a second think of the things that you haven't done in your life because you were afraid The same article tells that there's five basic fears people have. And they have them named, they're really great names. One of them is extinction. We're afraid of ceasing to exist. They say that's where like, you get your fear of heights and all that kind of stuff because you're afraid that something's going to happen to me and kill me. So hence when you cross the street, you watch for cars coming because you don't want to be killed. Most of us don't want to be killed. I walk with several people every week who do want to be dead. But most people I meet don't want to be. We have another one called mutilation. And that's the fear of losing any bit of our body. Kind of like, so, I was trying to open coffee out there earlier on this morning and I was using a big knife on a very little packet. And then I went, I better stop with the knife now because I'm going to lose a finger. So I was thinking, that's fitting into that one there. I was afraid of mutilating myself with a knife. The loss of autonomy, which is about being immobilized or paralyzed or restricted or overwhelmed or imprisoned or smothered or otherwise controlled by circumstances beyond our control. In a physical form, it's often known as claustrophobia. But it also extends to our social interactions and our relationships because we don't like people controlling us. I don't like being controlled by other people. I don't like other people trying to control me. It goes against everything in me. couldn't tell you what it is, but I just know it goes against it. I feel like I've got something to be afraid of if I'm around people who are trying to control me. We're afraid of separation. The fear of abandonment, rejection. Becoming a non-person or not wanted or respected or valued by anyone else. The silent treatment. Do you ever remember... um, this is probably not PC to say, but girls are worse than this than fellas. They gang up and then say they're not going to talk to somebody. There was a, an English rest, they send them to Coventry. I don't know what Coventry ever did, but it obviously wasn't a good place. But we're putting them, we're not going to talk to them. They're not in anymore. And the amount of people, that's how cults work. You're not in. You're either in or you're out. And and that whole, that happens And walks because people have a fear of being rejected and being left out. And then the last one they say is ego death. And that's a fear of humiliation or shame or any other mechanism of profound self disapproval that threatens the loss of integrity of the self. And that's around failure. Speaking in public is like that. Embarrassment, humiliation. And here's the thing, when we get afraid, one of the things I've seen, particularly in our culture is fear often turns to anger That two people end up expressing it, they get angry with other people, they get angry with situations and it seeps out but when you get beyond the anger you find out that actually this person is really just afraid of being embarrassed or being betrayed or being shamed or whatever and if you can learn to live with the, with the fear you can take a lot of the anger away And when you're not dealing with the anger and you're dealing with the cause of it, it's much easier to try and fix than just dealing with the collateral damage that comes from the anger. Does that make sense? And when we get afraid, we do go into that whole fight or flight thing or the freeze thing. And that's the same whether it's a big dog chasing you down the street or it's just someone sending you a text message. Like I know I have had the same Reaction to an email or a text message, or seeing someone's name coming up on a phone, as I have when I'm walking down the street and I can hear a Rottweiler or something barking at me, and I think he's going to chase me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but me, and here it goes back. My imagination doesn't know the difference. It just says danger, legger, and I get caught up in all of that stuff. And do you know, I heard someone saying, um, you know, there's a few different analogies for fear. You know, fear. And some of them are not repeatable here. But this one is. It says false evidence appearing real. And here's the bit I want to finish with this. God has called you for a purpose. God has empowered you. He has gifted you. He has resourced you to do something for his kingdom. That doesn't have to be something huge. But it is something. Something. And most times the only thing that will ever stop us stepping into that is fear. And it will be fear of what other people think. It will be fear of failing. It will be fear of rejection. If I go, if God's called you to tell other people about him, the bit that will stop you is I'm afraid of what they'll think of me. They'll think I'm in no case. They'll think I'm this. They'll think I'm that. They'll think I'm the other. God's called you to step out and do something. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? Excuse me. We had all them questions before we ever started here. We still have them questions. What if it fails? What if it doesn't work? What if? Ask yourself, so what, rather than what if? So what? You try it. Do you know the biggest thing people have lying on their deathbeds? Regrets for stuff they didn't try. Or stuff they didn't do. Or things they had a chance to try and they didn't. I don't know how many people I've met even who said, oh, I'd love to go to Belarus. I wouldn't be able. I'm going, of course you'd be able. Don't be stupid. You have two legs and two arms. What's to stop you? We the a over there with only one leg. Freaked the hell out with the kids because she was going there one day with two legs, and the next day with only one. She was really upsetting the kids. They didn't know what was going on. But that's the truth to God. Like so, like, oh, I couldn't talk to people. Can you not speak? Now, why can you not talk to people? Because you're afraid. Because you're afraid of what they'll think. Why can they not come to Belarus? Because they're afraid of what it might do to them. It's a fear, and and like honest to God. You were born with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. And whether that's to raise your family in the best possible way, if it's to do your job in the best possible way, if it's to to go for a dream, if God gave you something creative in you, go create. If he gave you a talent for singing, go sing. If you can't sing, learn how to play the guitar. Do you know what I mean? If you have something in you, but it's fear that's stopping you, I want to say let today be the day where you stop. Letting fear stop you. Let this month be the month where you stop letting fear run your life. And you let God run your life. And you take a hold of it and you go, no, you know what, fear? You're a liar. You're a liar because what you're telling me is I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not able enough. And even worse, you're telling me my God isn't able. And my God is able. If God can take the likes of me from around the corner and let me travel this world doing stuff for him, he can make anybody do anything. He can empower anyone to do anything. There is no reason in the world that you can't do whatever God put in you to do except that you don't do it. And the bit I hear over and over and over again is I can't, I won't be able I'm afraid, and that's a lie. Because you can, and you are able. And where you're not able, God is able to do it in you and through you. He's not looking for the qualified; he's looking for the willing. There's people you know who need to hear about Jesus, and you're afraid to tell them in case you're worried about what they think about you. I'm more worried about them going to hell, and I'm not saying that to have a go, because I'm not brave. There's two great books, one wrote by a, a secular lady called Susan Jeffers and one wrote by Joyce Myers and they both said feel the fear and do it anyway. The fear will come. That's not going to go away. Brave people still are afraid. They just do it anyway. Scared people let the scared and the fear stop them. And I want to ask you don't to be them people. Be who you were made to be. Step into it. Step out into it. If you're scared, tell us. We'll support you. We'll pray with you. We'll do things with you. We'll teach you if you need to learn to do something. But don't let fear stop you anymore. Some of you in this room are older than me, very few, but a couple. And most of you are younger. All right. Let today, the 4th of November, 2018 be the last day that fear rules your life whatever age you were say to yourself I am this age now but today this ends today I'm going to step into what God made me to be I'm going to play that song again loudly in the background I just want to pray and then if you want prayer then please come up to the front and here's the thing the only thing that will stop you coming up to the front if you want prayer is you're afraid what other people think you They'll be all looking at me if I go up there for prayer. <laughs> Let them look. <laughs> Let them look at you. They all need to do it as well. They're just too chicken too. <laughs> all them other people you're afraid of of what they think about you, you Brother put on, Tony. The only difference is they're not doing it, but they don't have to sleep in your head tonight, but you do. And you can either sleep in the fear or you can sleep in the peace of God. I've tried sleeping in both. I'm telling you, the peace of God's a lot more comfortable bed. A lot more comfortable. So as this plays, I'll pray and dismiss the meeting. If you want to go grab a coffee, do. But if you, have something you are something you're battling and fear is stopping you, I'm going to say to you, come up here. Let people stand with you. Let us pray with you. And let this be the day that you draw the line in the sand and say no more. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you are a God who is beyond fear and you call us to go beyond fear. That you call us to be all that you created us to be. That that you are not the lawyer. Fear is the lawyer, Lord. You are not the lawyer. You have equipped us. You have given us everything that we need to be all that we need to be. Your scripture promises that over and over and over again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everything you have called me to be, God, you will give me the strength to be if I will just step into that place. So today, Lord, I pray for every soul in this room and anyone who may even hear this on 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 a podcast later, Lord, that you will empower them and strengthen them and help them to say, this is today. This is the day I step into being all I was created to be. This is the day I take that first step towards my destiny. This is the day I take that first step towards being all that's in my heart to be. All that stuff that I've pushed down that other people told me I was stupid, that other people told me I wasn't able, that other people told me I would fail. And all of that fear that came with that Lord, this is the day I tell that to go to hell. And I step into the call of heaven. Father I pray your blessing over everyone in this room I pray your strength, I pray your courage Lord that would encourage Lord that you would put courage into every single one of us to step into that place and be all you created us to be I pray your blessing over your people I pray that you would make your face shine on them I pray that your peace would be their resting place I pray that your fellowship of your spirit would be with them every single day this week and in the rest of their lives God I pray, Father, we would no longer listen to the lies, but we would listen to the truth from you. And that this week we would walk in that truth and we would live in that truth. And I ask you in Jesus' name. That that song is going to keep playing. If you want prayer, don't leave this room without prayer. If you want to go grab a coffee, then the Lord bless you and have an amazing week. Thank you.